Father, we thank you for your presence with us today. We thank you that we can gather in your name. And Lord, we thank you for those who have given of themselves for us. Father, we thank you for those who have laid down their lives in wars in the past. Father, for those who uh, continue to serve today. And Father, we just think of the words of that poem, they shall not grow old as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them. And Father, for those who are left and Father, for those who struggle with grief and loss, Father, we pray for strength, we pray for comfort, and Father, we pray for a sense of purpose. And Lord, we know that there are those amongst our own numbers who we have lost and miss. And Father, we thank you for them. We thank you for their example. We thank you for their lives. And Father, we pray that you'd strengthen each and every one of us. And Father, we live in a world which needs so desperately peace. And Father, we think as we look around, it's an impossible uh, task. But Father, we pray that you would bring peace. Father, we pray that you'd bring peace in your church and in your people. And Father, we pray that there would be a peace which surpasses all understanding that would flow out from your church and touch the communities in which we live, this church and other churches as well. And so, Father, we come to you and we ask for peace. Father, we thank you today for the health and strength to be here. And Lord, we don't take that for granted. Lord, we realize that there, even, even today there are those who can't be here for health reasons. And Father, we pray that you'd visit them where they are and that you'd touch them in their bodies, in their minds, in their spirits. And Father, that you'd bring strength to them. And Lord, that you'd raise them up. Father, those who need a touch from you. Father, those who need a miracle today. Father, we pray that you would breathe miracles into their lives. Father, many of us were here today with needs. And Father, we pray that we would hear your voice today. Father, it might be through the songs that we sing today. But Father, we pray, let us hear your voice. And Father, we pray that those things which we need, Lord, we pray that you'd come and meet us. Lord, your word says that you inhabit the praises of your people. You live in our praise. And so, Father, we pray, come and presence yourself with us today. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come today. We really need you. We need you, Holy Spirit. And so we pray, come and move in our hearts, move in power, in the instruments, in the voices as we sing, as we raise a hallelujah, as we praise your name today. Father, we pray, may your Holy Spirit come and energize our praise. Fill us to overflowing. And Father, we pray that there'd be an overflowing of your spirit in this place today. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. So good to see everyone today. Let me give you a warm welcome if you're visiting. You don't need to sit down. We're just about to sing. Um, but if you need to sit down, then that's okay. Um, but we're going to sing praise to God. We're going to worship God. And we're going to look to him to see what he wants to do amongst us today. So let's praise him.
Father, there are those in our church who need a miracle, those who need a touch from you. And Father, we just pray and come and ask that again, Father, that you would touch people. Father, maybe those who are joined online today, Father, we pray that you would come and meet them where they are, wherever they're watching this service. Father, we pray that you come. And Father, that you just minister a healing touch into bodies, into minds, into spirits. Father, whatever that need is, Lord, we pray that you breathe those miracles into our whole being. Father, we thank you that you want to uh, deliver those miracles, that you want to bring those things into our lives. And Father, we pray that today may be a suddenly uh, moment, a suddenly day for some people in this place today. In Jesus' name we ask. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. He became sin who knew no sin.
Father, when we think of that sacrifice that Jesus made on our behalf, dying on a cross for the sins of the world, taking upon himself the punishment that should have been ours for our sin, that he took that, that he bore that in his body on that cross. Father, we thank you that we can stand in complete freedom. We can stand in complete freedom and not feel guilty because we know that when we confess our sins that he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Father, we thank you that we don't stand here in any righteousness of our own. It's not our right living that allows us to stand here. It's because we stand clothed in the righteousness of Jesus that we can stand in the presence of a holy God and we can worship you. Father, we can enter into your presence through praise, through prayer, because of what Jesus has accomplished for us. And we thank you for Jesus. Father, we just, as we look around our world and we look at the incredible beauty of nature, and Father, we think if that was ours to give back to you, it would be an offering far too small. How can we begin to say thank you? Father, how can we begin to say thank you and express our gratitude for what you have done for us, what Jesus has done for us, and what the Holy Spirit is continuing to do for us. Father, how can we begin to say thank you? We can't because words are not sufficient to say thank you. Father, we just feel that our words fall far short of what we feel inside. But Father, we pray, we pray, Father, that our lives would be an expression of thanksgiving to you. Father, the way that we live our lives, the holiness that, that comes from you living within us, being expressed in this world, Father, through the way that we pray, through the way that we worship, through the way that we reach out to those in need, Father, way, the ways which we express your love to others, Father, we pray that that would be our thank you. Not just the words that we say, but the Father, the, the, the thoughts of our minds, the actions of our hands, and the Father, the places that we go in this life. Father, we pray that everything in our lives would be an expression of thanks to you. And so, Father, we just thank you again today. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for what he has done for us. Father, we thank you for those who have been our examples in years gone past. And Father, we, we thank you that they chose to live their lives in a way that honored you. Father, they chose to live their the lives in a way that was self-sacrificial. Father, help us to learn from those people and, Father, to emulate them. And, Father, we pray, give us the strength to do this. Lord, sometimes I wonder if we're really willing to live that life. But, Father, we pray that you would help us to be willing, make us willing to be willing. Father, if we're struggling to pray, help us to pray. Father, if we're struggling with things, Lord, help us in the areas where we're struggling because, Father, there's no better place to be than to be at your feet and to be focused on you and to be hearing the things which you're whispering into our hearts. And so, Father, we pray that you would lead us into those things and, Father, that you would be glorified in our lives. Father, that you would come and manifest your presence in our lives in a new way, in a fresh way. In Jesus' name we ask. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you to the band for leading us so wonderfully yet again. I think we should uh, show our appreciation to these guys by giving them a little clap. turning up early, doing all the preparation in the background, practicing new songs, 
and uh, yeah, just there's a lot of work goes on, and so we are very appreciative of of that. Very appreciative of everything that everybody does in the life of the church. You know, we couldn't do that without the church being involved. Trying to find my phone. Where did I put my phone? Sorry, I need to do this track and trace picture malarkey. Apologies. Okay, here we go. Everybody smile. Here we go. The problem is when you're used to taking pictures, you just go, I want to actually frame that properly. There you go. Hopefully that'll be okay. Um, just a little update. I don't know if you even thought about this. I don't know who was there on Friday night. Um, people from Edinburgh, the Lothians and Fife met to pray on Friday night. There were 64 churches represented, all on Zoom. And it was just absolutely incredible to hear the prayers. And I, I want to, I want to uh, just reflect on something that came up in the chat. This actually came up in the chat um, for prayer for us as churches coming together. Pray for people to come to Christ across Edinburgh, the Lothians, and Fife. Pray for revival in the church. Pray for a spiritual awakening in the population. Pray for prodigals to return. Pray for children and young people to come to Christ. I don't know about you, as I looked at those prayer points, I thought, these are the things that we pray for regularly on a Wednesday night at our prayer times. And do you know what? I just kind of thought, God is directing his church to pray. And if you want to be involved in what God is doing, we can be involved in programs and all sorts of things. But if you really want to be involved in what God is doing today, begin to pray these things because that's the purpose of God for just now. It's that we begin to pray into these things. And I want to encourage you once again to come to the prayer meeting on a Wednesday night or on a Monday morning. These are the things which God is asking us to do. And I'm going to hopefully back that up by what I'm saying this morning. Just a reminder that next week is the deadline for the shoeboxes. So there's already shoeboxes soon all over the building. Um, if you're planning to do that, then next week is the deadline. If you're going to do it online, can I ask you to email uh, appeals at whitburnpentecostal.com and let us know that you've done it so that we can include that in our count at the end of the day. Um, thank you to all who are taking part in this. Thank you to Tracy for organizing things in the background. I don't know where Tracy's went. Oh, there she's there. Yes. So if you've got any questions, just ask Tracy. Give us another wave. Everybody look at Tracy and embarrass her. <laughs> Uh, sorry, Tracy, um, but she's organizing that, so thank you. And then in two weeks' time, in two weeks' time, we'll have a visit from uh, Pastor Stephen Maguire. He's the associate pastor at Found Church in Falkirk. Stephen is a good friend of ours. In fact, we have many, many good friends in Found Church in Larbert. And uh, so we are very grateful for the fellowship that we've enjoyed with these guys over the years. Um, just as an aside, I hadn't planned to say this, but... I think it's incredible. It's wonderful to be part of this family called Assemblies of God. Churches all across the country, there's about 500 Assemblies of God churches. And I remember back to our days when we started in the church, we said, we'll volunteer to go to camp, youth camp. Why we did that, I have no idea. You, do, you don't get any sleep. You get run ragged. You get the, the, the mickey taken out of you and all sorts of things. But we volunteered to go to camp and... Um, when we were at camp, we worked alongside other people that we have become really good friends with in Assemblies of God over the years. So where we go to other churches, there are always people that we know. And it's incredible to have that fellowship, to be part of something bigger. 
And uh, yeah, just um, back in 2018, we visited Apex Church in Peterhead when I was off on that mini sabbatical. And we were sitting down in the front row. We just planned to sneak in at the back, but we were sitting, we got seated at the front row. And uh, somebody came up to Josh and said, hi, Josh, it's really nice to see you. Is this your family? Because of kids camp. You see, it's repeating. The cycle is repeating again. We're part of this big family. I want to encourage us that when we're able to get involved in the, the bigger things that are happening, bigger than our church, get to know people in other churches, and let's endeavor to pray together, to work together. And I feel a sermon coming on. I've been thinking about things this week, and I feel another sermon coming on other than the one that I've planned to share, but I'm not going to do that. Um, so um, that's two weeks' time we'll have Stephen Maguire with us, and I know that we'll give him a really warm welcome. I'm, I'm looking forward to what he wants to uh, share and bring uh, for us. It was really incredible that just a few weeks ago, Lisa brought the Word of God to us, and it was what God had been saying, and she added to that, and I just thought that was incredible. We're going to turn to our Bibles, First Kings chapter 18, if you've got your Bibles, and we're going to read from that. I'm going to pray um, in just a little second. And before we, we, before we come to that. Uh, so let me just pray um, for needs in the church, but also pray that we uh, hear what God wants to say to us today. Father, we thank you that you are here. And Father, I pray that our ears would be open to all that you want to say to us. Father, that our understanding would be open today, that we would uh, just grasp something afresh in you today. And Father, we, we pray for those who need a touch from you. Father, there are those who just need that touch in their body from you, and we pray that you would come and that you would bring that touch that people need. Father, we think of uh, people like Mark Hind, and Lord, we thank you for the encouraging signs that things are improving. And Father, I thank you that one of his consultants said that he was a miracle. And so, Father, we see you at work, but Lord, we are looking for that day when you restore him fully. Father, we pray that Mark would have a suddenly moment that he would be restored to full health and strength. And Lord, I'm looking forward to the day when he stands where I'm standing just now and we give glory to you for the things which you are doing. Father, others in our church who need a touch from you, Father, we think of Jeff in the hospital. And Father, we ask that you would just bless him with your presence, bless him with healing, bless him with wholeness and peace, Father. And Lord, we pray for Eileen, Lord, that you would strengthen her in the very core of her being. Lord, that you would give her a supernatural strength. And Lord, we pray for peace over that family. Lord, for Heather, who's continuing to go through the mill just now, Lord, we just pray that you would be with her so strongly. And Lord, that you would bring complete healing and transformation into her body. Father, so many in this place who need a touch from you today. Father, things uh, which are going on, and Lord, you, you know that we just need a touch from you. And Father, we pray that you'd move in your power. Even today, Father, you can move and you can bring healing into bodies. Even people who are in this room today. Father, people who have not talked about what's going on in their lives. Father, you know every need, and we pray that you'd come and that you bring healing and wholeness. And Father, that you just release gifts of healing into this church. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would come and give us those gifts of healing, release those gifts of healing into the church. And Father, we pray for those who are grieving today, those who've recently experienced loss. And Father, we pray for Willie today who's with us. Lord, just had a difficult and challenging week. Lord, we pray that you'd strengthen him and his family. And Father, may they know your peace. May they know your presence. Father, for others who 
are just in a, a challenging place just now. Lord, we pray. We pray for your strength. Lord, for those who are coming up to anniversaries, Lord, we pray for your strength. We pray for your peace. And Lord, as we've remembered today, those who've sacrificed on behalf of our nation. Father, we remember those who have given into the life of this church over the years. And Father, we thank you for them. And Lord, we pray for those of us who have left, Lord, that we would pick up the mantle. Father, that we would pick up the thing that you want us to carry in our day and in our time. And so, Father, we pray to that end today. Help us to hear what you want us to carry today. And Lord, I just pray that what you've put in my heart today would come across in the congregation today, whether in person, in the building here, or online. Father, we pray that you would come and open up our minds to what you want to say. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Is everybody okay? Just doing a wee check before we start. Okay. Just, this sounds really pathetic, I know, but I need lots of encouragement. When I'm speaking, I need to know that you're with me, okay? There was somebody last week who said, oh, I, was, I really want to shout out amen, and I, I didn't. I was like, well, you should have. So if you feel like shouting out amen today, you feel free to do that, okay? You have permission right at the start. If you want to shout out hallelujah and it interrupts me, that's okay. Don't you worry about that. I'll come back to my notes. I've got notes today, so I don't wander off the track, and I'm already running out of time. And uh, I just felt today, the title of what I want to say today is there's a sound of rushing rain. First Kings chapter 18, and we're going to read that little account about Elijah in a second. I, I feel that I want to share something that's relevant to the life of the church today. And I appreciate that when I share some things, there are people who are not necessarily getting what I'm saying. And I'm trying to communicate things that are hard to communicate. See, when you're trying to describe something that you don't see yet physically, but you're beginning to see it in your spirit, you're beginning to see it in God's stirring up vision within your heart, and you're trying to communicate that, it's really challenging to get other people to understand and see what you've been praying about for months and months and months. So I appreciate that it's a challenge, but I'm, I'm just praying that you just hang in with me today, okay? Hang in and try and grasp something of what I'm trying to share today. And I'll go back to that um, verse from Isaiah 43 about streams in the desert. It just seems to me that God keeps speaking about these same things, streams in the desert, about this saturation of his presence. I've mentioned the whole analogy about rain and just getting saturated in the presence of God, about God wanting to come and do things in our churches and in our communities where the river of God flows, let me put it that way, okay? If you read Genesis, you read about Eden there were four rivers which came out from that place. You read Revelation, and it talks about a river that flows from the throne of God, and that river flows out, and it's a blessing to people. The Bible uses this analogy of rivers and likens the Holy Spirit to, to water. It's an analogy for the Holy Spirit. And I feel that what God is wanting to do is to pour out His Spirit in a new way in our society, in our communities. And if you had been at the past at the prayer thing on Friday night, you'd have heard people praying the same prayers as I'm praying. I've, I've, I've not been at that before. I've only just started connecting with some of these people, and I'm discovering that they're praying the same prayers that I'm praying, that we're praying 
And I just get excited about that. I think what God is trying to say is you need to begin to connect to these things in prayer. The things which are unseen at the moment, we need to begin to grasp hold of those things and pray into those things in order to see them come into fruition because they will come to fruition. But we need to get ourselves prepared to receive what God wants to do. And I don't know, I don't know where we're all at. Are you ready? Are you prepared for what God wants to do? I'm kind of living in this place where I look around at what's happening in the church and I think, Lord, I'm not seeing it yet. I'm not seeing it yet, but can, I'm, I'm beginning to hear what you're saying. And that's what I want to talk about today. Why do we need to have God move in power? Let me quote a song. Because there's a world outside our window, and it's a world of dread and fear, where the only water flowing is the bitter stream of tears. Can you hear the song in your head? Do they know it's Christmas? Sorry, I said it. <laughs> it's only November. Somebody in Whitburn's got their Christmas lights up already. I can't believe it. That's another story. And I remember listening to the words of that song. I remember seeing the images on a TV screen of people who were experiencing a drought, and there was this sense of a cause rising up in our hearts. Those of us who were young at the time, and we're not so young now, it was a long time ago. In 1984, that single was released. And I remember all our heroes, musical heroes, putting together this song, and we bought a copy of the song, a seven-inch single, vinyl. Who remembers vinyl? It's, there's a resurgence of vinyl today, which I'm really pleased about. Other than one thing, it costs a lot of money now. But I bought this seven-inch single because I wanted to be part of a cause. I wanted to be part of something that was changing the world, and there were people who were leading us in that. Moved by a cause, people suffering, and we could play our part. And we began to see the effects of a drought in a nation. I don't know about you, today I am seeing the effects of spiritual drought in our nation. I'm seeing the effects of spiritual drought in our nation. Our nation is crying out for something, but they don't know what they need yet. And I said a few weeks ago, that fear is rising as people are drifting further away from God. What did I say? Perfect love drives out fear. Perfect love takes fear, the specific fear, and throws it out. And as we get away from God, the Bible says that God is love. As we drift away from God, we see fear increasing. If you were at the prayer meeting a couple of weeks ago, you'd have heard Ian share about the fear in the nation that he's working in. He said, I've been in the UK, but the fear here is at a different level. We heard Andrew talk about the nation that he's working in and saying that the fear is just rampant in that area. Fear, and caused by the pandemic, is one of the things. There is a fear that's rising up in our communities. There is a spiritual drought in our communities. And if there's a spiritual drought, only the, the Spirit of God can satisfy that longing. I don't know if you've ever been in that place. Like yesterday we had a special tea as a celebration of a special event. I'll not tell you what it was because I'm online, okay? And I hadn't had breakfast. I hadn't had anything to eat since breakfast. And I was absolutely like, I need something to eat right now. 
There was a hunger inside because I hadn't eaten all day. And I, I think that's what we see today is there's a hunger in people, there's a searching in people, and they're looking for something, but they just don't know what it is yet. But what do we do? What do we do until God comes and does that? You see, we need a move of the Holy Spirit in our generation. But what do we do until God comes and does that? We continue to work. We continue to keep ourselves pure. We continue to lead holy lives. We continue to pray. We continue to listen to what God is saying. We sow seeds of faith and we serve other people. And I think about that thing which I was praying about just a few seconds ago. Lord, release gifts of healing into the church. If you read 1 Corinthians 12, it lists nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, which the Holy Spirit gives into the life of the church so that the church can be built up. One of them is gifts of healing, and I prayed about that. And I don't know if you remember the message I shared back in May when I was at the fishing, and I was fishing away, and I was like, Lord, how does this healing thing work? And as soon as I'd said those words, on the end of the line was a fish. It was a suddenly moment. And I felt what God said to me in that moment is, is, this is how it will be with me. This is how it will be suddenly. God wants to do something suddenly in this church, in the churches that surround us, and in our nation. God wants to do something that is of himself. Suddenly, suddenly. But in the meantime, we need to stand in faith. See, when the pastor of the church keeps saying, Behold, I do a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? And you're not perceiving it. Do you not realize that it takes a lot of faith to keep saying that thing? It, keep, it takes a lot of faith in me to keep saying these things because I'm like, I don't see them yet, Lord, but I'm praying and praying that they will come. I don't see them yet, but we, we can begin to see them. I've not even got past the first page of my notes. My goodness, I've not even been preaching from my, my message but I'm gonna, I am going to read this, okay? It's an account of a man called Elijah. And this happened around 2,800 years ago. Elijah was a prophet. He was a man who heard from God and spoke out. And sometimes the prophets had to act out what God was saying to them. Did you know? And we would probably, we would probably get really offended by the prophets today. Some of the prophets had to actually go around naked. And you're like, God, why did you ask them to go around naked? And if that's the case, I don't want to be a prophet because I've had bad dreams about things like that. <laughs> a prophet is not being a psychic. It's not being a medium. It's not somebody who reads the stars. It's not somebody who does fortune telling or gets into tarot or Ouija boards or all those kind of counterfeit ways of hearing from the spiritual world. These are real things where people hear from the spiritual world and God forbids those things in the church. Let me be really clear about that. We're not talking about these types of things. We're talking about when God gets a hold of a person's life and they begin to hear God's thoughts and they begin to speak them out and they begin to act them out. And Elijah was a prophet like that. And he had seen and done some incredibly powerful things. And if some of the things that Elijah seen and done had to happen today, they would be on every news channel. They would be on social media and around the internet within an hour. 
and it would go viral. Let's read about one of the things that happened to Elijah. First Kings chapter 18. I've almost run out of time for my message. My goodness. No, I'm only kidding. Let me just read uh, the passage to you. I'm just going to look it up uh, in my Bible here. I'm reading from the NRSV today. And it says this. The title of what it says is, The Drought Ends. The Drought Ends. Elijah had prayed that it wouldn't rain, and now for three and a half years it hadn't rained. There's a world outside their window, and there's no water flowing except the bitter stream of tears because people are living in famine, they're living in a drought, and they're saying, when is God going to bring the rain? Listen to what it says here. Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for for there is the sound of rushing rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and there he bowed himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. He said to his servant, go up now, look towards the sea. He went up and looked and said, there is nothing. Then he said, go again seven times. Verse 44, at the seventh time, he said, look, a little cloud no bigger than a person's hand is rising out of the sea. Then he said, go, say to Ahab, harness your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. In a little while, the heavens grew black with clouds and wind and there was heavy rain. Ahab rode off and went to a place called Jezreel, a place where the kings would stay. But the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins. There's an old-fashioned way to say that he took his cloak and he tucked in his belt so that he could run. And he ran in front of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. What an incredible account. And I want to just walk through this account and bring out some thoughts from this account. And so I'm going to try and do that today and start off by this first part. Elijah said to Ahab, go eat and drink for the sound of rushing rain. Elijah had already heard from God that this was going to happen. He had already heard. He's not saying, I'm hearing just now the sound of a rushing rain and God's telling me it's going to rain. God had already spoken to him and said that it was going to rain. First Kings chapter 18, verse 1, if you go all the way back to the start of that chapter, it says, after many days, the word of the Lord, the word of God, came to Elijah in the third year of the drought, saying, go present yourself to Ahab. I will send rain on the earth. You see, there are things that we hear God say in faith before we see them physically. I think almost always, I think there's a place in the Bible where it says that God does nothing without first revealing it to the prophets. God had said to Elijah, it's going to rain. There are three years in at this point in time when this has been recorded. And he says, go and present yourself to the king. He hears God and he needs to do something about it. When you hear God speak to you, you need to do something about it. But only God can open our ears to hear. And here in this passage, Elijah says there's a sound of rushing rain. He hears something, not physically, but in his spirit. God had already spoken and said the rain's going to come. And now at this point in the account, he says, I hear the sound of rushing rain. In other words, there was a roar. That's the, how you interpret that. There was a roar, and it wasn't the Hamden roar. 
or if you're so inclined, the Murrayfield Rower, okay, for those who are into the rugby. I remember listening from where I stood to the football going on. It was about three miles away in a place where there's a team that plays with green and white stripes. can't remember their name. Why? I had no idea because my previous colleague used to talk about it all the time and still does. And I remember standing out in the back garden and you would hear when a goal would be scored because this roar would go up. And I, I just kind of, I, I envisage a roar coming up from the church, but that's another story. A roar coming up from the church. But Elijah heard the sound of a roar, the sound of rushing rain, and he reacted to what he said. I, I don't know about you, I want to know how that happened. But what's more important is that it happened. You know, I think about this. I think about a mechanic, okay? If you're a mechanic, you can take a car to bits, strip it all down, take every screw apart, and have it all laid out. Can you envisage that? It's like an airfix kit. You could take a car to bits and put it back together again. That's the mechanics of it. That's how things work. But we don't need to be able to do that to get in our car. And if you're some people, put the sunroof down. And enjoy driving in the country on a lovely sunny day. We don't need to know how a car works to do that. We just get in and start it and go. And it's like that with God. We don't need to know how everything works. We just need to hear God and go. Hear God and go. Listen to what this goes on to say. And, and I, I just think we need to hear God as a church. And we need people in our nation to hear from God. People in the church that will be statesman-type leaders. I don't know about you, our nation is in a leadership crisis. Leaders who are not leading, leaders who can't lead with integrity, and we are in a leadership crisis in our nation. The world is in a leadership crisis. We need people who will not just be people who talk, but people who do, people who are statesmen, leaders. Anyway, that's an aside. Let me go on. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. There he bowed himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. And when we're talking about this, Carmel is a mountain range that's about 24 miles long, five miles wide. It's about 1,600 feet at its highest. And here he is going up to the top of the mountain and getting before God and praying. I don't know what you envisage when it says that he put his face between his knees. I'm like, I don't think I could do that anymore. <laughs> I struggle to be on my knees praying because my knees just pack in when I'm on my knees but here's a man who's so passionate about God and pay attention to, 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 to what is happening here. Ahab cared about his comfort, go and eat and drink, whereas Elijah cared about the cause. He cared about the cause. There's a world outside our window and it's a world of dread and fear where the only water flowing is the bitter stream of tears. That's what Elijah was looking at. There's a world outside my window, and God has spoken about that, and God wants to do something about that. And here he is on top of the mountain praying. And I want to encourage us that there is no greater cause, no greater cause. That was the cause of Christ. His cause was to do the will of the Father. He only did what he heard God say his father, God, say, I want you to go and do this. He came with a mission. He came, and we'll think about that as we approach Christmas time. He came in the form of a baby. He lived a sinless life, and he knew where he was heading. He was heading for that cross. He was heading for a place of death where he would take upon himself the sins 
of the whole world, your sin and my sin. He had a sense of mission. He had a sense of purpose, a sense of God's plan for his life. And he came to establish the kingdom of God, which is why he encouraged us to keep praying, our Father, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth in Whitburn Pentecostal Church as it is in heaven, in West Lothian as it is in heaven. Notice something in the passage here. The king wasn't able to do anything about this. Powerless. The man who was in charge had no power to change the circumstances. We have people who are in charge of our nation and they're not able to do anything about the needs. Oh, we can tinker around the edges and play about with things. But when our nation is in a spiritual drought, there's only one thing that can help that and that's the presence of God. And I think that's why the church, there needs to be leaders rise up in the church and influence every area of society. We've prayed for that often. People in business, people in politics, people in media, people in the arts, people in sports. Sorry if I've missed something out. People in education. There's umpteen different places where we need people, statesman-type leaders to arise in the church and lead in our nation. Ahab was just trying to survive. But Elijah heard the sound of a rushing rain. And this is what he says, go up and look towards the sea. Elijah remained in this posture of prayer. I'm not going to try and emulate that. <laughs> a, because the camera wouldn't be able to see it and that wouldn't be fair, okay? Um, but I don't have the flexibility to do what Elijah did. But he remained in that posture of prayer, that posture of submission before God, and he began to pray and he kept on praying. And he kept praying and he kept praying and he kept praying. What does James say? If you've read the book of James in the New Testament part of the Bible, James says Elijah was a, a human being like us and he prayed that it might not rain and for three years and six months it didn't rain on the earth. He was just an ordinary guy like you and me. Then he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth yielded its harvest. The earth became fruitful Elijah was just an ordinary guy who had heard from God and decided to obey what God was saying. A prayer addressed to God. Literally, this is what it says. With fervent, prayed, with fervent prayer, he prayed for it. He prayed for rain. And here he is on top of the mountain in this position of prayer, this posture of prayer, and is so intense on prayer that he has to send the servant to go and look for the answer to prayer. What do we do? We pray once and we stand back and we wait for God to answer. You're like, okay. I prayed. Did you not hear me? Here's a man who stays in the posture of prayer until God brings the answer. He doesn't even get up to look for the answer. He sends a servant to say, go and tell me what you see. And this is what happens. He looked up and said, there's nothing. The answer to prayer didn't come. How many times have you prayed the same prayer and looked for the answer and the answer hasn't come? How many times have you been in that place where you've prayed a prayer and you think, where's God? 
Interesting that in this passage, Elijah had already heard there's rain coming, and then in his spirit, he hears the sound of a rushing rain, and he begins to press into that until it becomes a reality. What do you see? I don't see anything yet. He goes back a second time, has a look, nothing. Comes back, tells Elijah, sorry, boss, there's no rain yet. So he sends him a third time, and he goes and he looks out towards the Mediterranean. And he comes back, sorry, boss, still no rain. Third time, fourth time, fifth time, sixth time, and Elijah's still there on his knees praying and saying, Lord, have I really heard from you? No, he continues to pray because he heard God say, there's going to be rain. And he heard the sound of a rushing rain in his spirit, and he began to press in in prayer until it became a reality. Then he said, go seven times. And after the seventh time, let me just go to that passage there. At the seventh time, he said, look, a little cloud no bigger than a person's hand is rising from the sea. You might be praying for something, and you're looking for the answer to prayer, and you think, is this it? Is this it? A little cloud rising up out of the Mediterranean, the size of a man's hand, that's not exactly the sound of rushing rain. What are you praying for, what are you believing for, and what are you seeing? And I want to encourage you, and if needs be, pray, Holy Spirit, give me the gift of faith, it's one of those nine gifts of the Spirit. Give me the gift of faith to keep holding on until what I have heard you say and what I've heard in my spirit becomes a reality. I don't know what your need is today. Maybe there are things that you're praying for today. You need to hold on to what God has said until it becomes a reality. You need to keep praying. You need to persevere until it becomes a reality in your life. There are people that you know who are not Christians yet. What does your prayer for them sound like? What does your prayer for them look like? And are you persevering? Are you sticking in there until you hear that sound? Until you see a cloud the size of a man's hand? That's, what, that's all that his servant said. And I think if we can learn anything from Elijah here, it's that we need to be consistent in the place of prayer before God because it is that consistency that will make the difference we need to persevere in prayer. And I unashamedly say to our church that we need to get a hold of this and we need to grasp this and we need to put this into practice before we will hear the sound of the rushing rain, before we see what God is showing the church across this area. It's not just me that's saying these things. There are church leaders from all across this area saying the same things, believing for the same things, hearing the same things, and praying into the same things that God does something new in our area. And this is what it goes on to say. Sorry, next verse. In a little while, the heavens grew black with the clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain. Ahab rode off, and he rode inland from the edge of the land where the Mediterranean comes and where that mountain range of Carmel is. He moved from there inland to this place called Jezreel. And Ahab, he rode off first. This is what it 
might have looked like. I don't know if you got to, to kind of get a picture of what this must have looked like. There's been a drought for three and a half years. And all of a sudden, that cloud the size of a man's hand begins to thicken, begins to blacken, and the rain begins to fall. The rain comes down. I don't know about you. I think what I was trying to share last week were the things which I feel God is saying to this church, pictures which I feel God has given us, prophetic words which I feel He has given us, and we need to listen for the sound of the rushing rain, and we do that in the place of prayer. We need to listen for what God is wanting to do, and we need to begin to pray into this until it becomes a reality, <coughs> until His presence is felt like the clouds that you see in the picture. In that moment, in that moment that you see in the picture, you go from a clear day, blue skies, to the clouds beginning to form. And they, those clouds were so black in that day before the rain came. And I think God wants to do something in our time, in our generation, where he comes in power, where he comes with his presence in such a way that everybody will see it. Everybody will feel it. Everybody will talk about it. In this story that we're talking about today, there's only a few characters in the story. There's Elijah, there's Ahab, and there's Elijah's servant. Everybody else probably quite unaware of what was happening. And they would have been going about their business, and they would have went, it's raining for the first time in three and a half years. How did that happen? Blissfully unaware of this battle that was going on, spiritual battle, and seeing God come and bringing rain to the land, a dry and thirsty land that needed rain. There was heavy rain. And the Lord did what he said he was going to do. He said There's, the rain's on its way. And Elijah heard the sound of the rushing rain, and the rain came just as had been prophesied. People unaware. But I think this is why I come back to talking about leaders. Our nation, our church needs leaders, statesmen-like leaders, who will, lead, who will lead with integrity, who will pray, and who will see these things come to pass. The Bible says in Proverbs 14, uh, verse 34, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Righteousness exalts a nation. When the church begins to rise up in righteousness and in holiness and sincerity of heart, Lord, take me, take all of me, and help me to be your servant for this time, for this generation. And it's not just talking about the people who stand up the front. This is a word for every single person who's in this room, every person who's joined online. The Lord is looking for people who will say, come and take me. Come and take me. I want to be part of what you're doing in this season, in this generation. I want to be part of what you're doing. God's looking for people who will be part of what he wants to do. Feel free to say amen. But the hand of the Lord was on Elijah and he girded up his loins. It's an amazing phrase. In other words, he took his cloak, tucked it into his belt and the Holy Spirit came upon Elijah and he ran with supernatural strength. He ran ahead of the chariot 
And I just think, as I was preparing this message today, there is a process that we go through. We need to hear the voice of God. We need to obey the voice of God. And when we hear the voice of God and obey the voice of God, then we will see the hand and the power of God. Sometimes we're looking for the hand and the power of God without first having heard, without second having obeyed, and we're saying, God, where's your power? And he's saying, are you listening to what I'm saying? And I think he's saying that to us today. Are you listening to what I'm saying? You need to hear the voice of God for this church, for this time and generation. You need to put it into practice. You need to obey. You need to get yourself into that posture of submission and prayer. What did I say at the start? We need to live holy lives. I wonder if God came with his big light just now, the God who knows everybody and everything about everybody, and he had to shine his big light in our lives so that other people could see what he sees. Can you imagine, you know, we put on our x-ray glasses and we're able to see what's in other people's lives. If you had to put on your x-ray glasses and look at me and you could see the thoughts that are in my head sometimes, the sin that's in my life sometimes, if you could see that, what would it be like? If I could put on my x-ray glasses and see what God sees in your life, what would it be like? Would we be able to stand and say, do you know, I'm not perfect, but I've changed since last year. I'm not perfect, but I've been praying about that habit and God's dealt with that. I'm not perfect, but there's something that I used to keep getting tempted with that I don't get tempted with in the same way now. I've won a victory in that. God is looking for a church that's going to rise up in holiness. And I just feel God has sent something to the church just now, the church in general. I just think last week I was trying to help us to hear, but I feel God is speaking into the life of the church, and we need to press in until we hear it in faith. We hear the sound of people coming back to God, whether it's people in the church who are saying, Lord, I agree with your assessment of my life. You've shone the big light in my life, and you're right, by the way, and I need to get that sorted out before you. When we hear the sound of the prodigals beginning to come back in to the church and finding their place and coming before God and saying, I've wasted time, but take me, here I am, I'm ready, I'm ready to serve you. People who are not Christians yet, who desperately need a Savior, and that's the real answer to their problem, is that they need a Savior, and we hear the sound of them beginning to come back in into a relationship with God, and not just in this church, but in churches across this area. I think that's what God is saying to the church. I read out those prayer points at the start. They could have been our prayer points from a Wednesday night, but they weren't. There were somebody else's praying the same things because God is speaking to the church just now. And those who are listening are hearing the sound of the rushing rain. Do you know, if you want to study something, if you want to study something and learn something new and get a qualification at the end of that, you need to put time aside to do that. And when you put time aside to do that, there's going to be a cost. So if you want to, I would quite like to do further study, I have to say. But I know that to take on further study, theological training and study, there will be a cost. 
I will need to put time aside, and I need to know that I can put time aside in order to do that and to do it well. If you want to learn something new and study, it will cost you something. There are sacrifices which you need to make in order to gain that qualification. Does anybody know what I'm talking about here? Yeah. For some people, it was at school. For some people, they couldn't wait to leave school. And then it all happened later on, and you're, ah, I can see the light now. And you get your qualifications and the things that you need. There's a cost to seeing the things of God come in the life of the church. And we need to be able to pay that price. We need to be able to say, okay, I'm willing to pay that cost. We're going to finish today with a little picture. And it's a picture of the sundial up at Calendar. Do you know where the church is on the way down to the police station in Calendar? So if you're heading in and you're going uh, like from the Stirling side, you turn down to the left and there's the big church and you keep going, there's a police station at the bottom and there's a little hut where you can sit in and we were sitting in that hut where Greg's eating our sausage rolls and the heavens opened and it was absolutely torrential. It was bucketing down. And that's a picture of the sundial, ironically, and the rain stoking off the sundial. <laughs> but why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because there's a sound of rushing rain. There's a sound of the Holy Spirit wanting to come and do something in the church in our day and in our generation. And remember that this, this whole idea of rain and water is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord is looking for people who will be like this. Not the chickens who were in the shed eating their sausage rolls, but those with childlike faith who'll just be there and say, come and soak me. Come and saturate me with your presence. Come and give me everything that you have for me. That's what God is looking for. People who will be totally abandoned to him, don't care about the rain. Come and bring your power. I want to be part of this. I don't know about you. That's what I want to be part of. I want to be part of God doing something incredible where God gives us a word of knowledge that helps somebody, where God delivers a miracle that changes somebody's life, where God does things in families that change those families for generations to come and breaks through and new things start to happen and things which we've been praying for suddenly start to appear. That's what I'm believing for. That's what I want to give my life to. I remember as a young person in this church, we used to sing a song saying, I want to serve the purpose of God in my generation. I want to serve the purpose of God while I am alive. When I've got breath in my lungs, I want to serve the purpose of God in my generation. I want to give my life for something that will last forever. Lord, a desire, a desire to do your will. And I would sing that song and play my guitar with all my heart, pray it and say, I want to be part of this. What happens is you get older and you start to slow down and the fire begins to cool down and the, the passion begins to cool down and you go, Lord, Lord, I want to be part of this, but what's happening? I want to say today there's a sound of rushing rain. God has spoken things into the church in our day and in our generation, God has spoken through the prophetic word. He has spoken through the, the Bible. He has spoken in many ways, and other leaders are hearing the same things. And I want to say and prophesy, there's a sound of the rushing rain. There's a sound of the presence of God coming. There's a sound. 
And I believe we're going to enter into a time, not just this church, but as churches, where God is going to do something new in our generation. That's what I'm giving my life to. There's no greater cause than the cause of Christ. Why? There's a world outside a window. There are people who have not heard about Jesus yet. There are people who are struggling with things that they don't need to be struggling with because God can come into their life and change them from the inside out. I wonder if we could just pray as we draw our time to a close. Do you know, I'm going to ask that you stand if you're able to, just as we respond to what God is saying today. And for those who are online, never asked us before, but maybe, maybe you want to stand today just as a symbol of your agreement. And as we seek God for the things that he wants to do. Father, I believe 100% that you're speaking, in, speaking into your church in our day and in our generation. Father, that you have said that you want to come in power in your spirit, that there are things that you want to do, that there are manifestations of your spirit that you want to happen in the church. Father, that there is, there is a new thing that you want to do. Lord, we know that your spirit is here today. We know that you're present with us. But Father, you want to come in a, a, a deeper way, a more intense way, Father, where you work. And Lord, we pray. We pray as a church that you'd help us with all the stuff in the background, just like the mechanic taking his car to bits. Father, we could take the church apart and put it back together again. And Lord, there is a mechanical aspect that we need to deal with. There are structural things. There are things in the background that need done. And Father, help us and give us wisdom to, to, to position ourselves, to structure ourselves in a way that we're able to, to just really fully embrace what you want to do. Lord, there are changes which you need to, to write into the life of this church. Father, there's a new operating system that you want to write into the life of this church. But Father, we don't want to get so consumed by the mechanics that we miss the thrill and the joy of being in the thing that you're doing. Father, just like the person driving their car through the countryside on a lovely sunny day, Father, we don't want to miss the joy and the pleasure of being involved in what you're doing. Father, help us not to get so consumed with the mechanics that we miss the dynamics of what you want to do. Lord, help us to be in that place as individuals, as families, and as a church. And not just this church, but churches across this area. Churches in Whitburn, churches in West Lothian, churches in Edinburgh and Glasgow, and across our nation. Father, we pray that you would help us to position ourselves for what you want to do. And Father, we pray that those prayers which we are praying will be answered. Lord, we know that there's a timing, and we want to be in the right place at the right time, but there is a timing in God. And Lord, Help us to not hold back the things that you want to do. But Father, to be like the person who wants to jump in, the person who wants to run out into the rain and say, here am I, here am I. Take me. I want to serve you. I want to serve the purposes of God in my generation. And so Father, we pray, come and move upon us. And so Lord, I just pray for this church. I pray blessing over every family. For those who are struggling, we've prayed for them already. Lord, we pray your blessing on each one. And Father, we ask that you would come and meet every single one of us. Do you know, there's, there's songs which we sing. And I love some of the old songs, some of the old hymns. And I, probably my favorite is Amazing Grace, my favorite old hymn. But there are songs which are finding their way into the church now, which have a prophetic element to them. And there's one, and we weren't able to practice it for today. Um, it's called There is a Cloud. Let me read the words to you, and they should probably come up on the screen as well. 
And I think this song is a prophetic song into the church in our day and generation. Hear the word roaring as thunder. I didn't know this song existed until this week. With a new future to tell. For the dry season is over, there is a cloud beginning to swell. To the skies heavy with blessing, lift your eyes, offer your heart. Jesus Christ opened the heavens. Now we receive the Spirit of God. We receive your reign. We receive your reign. And we'll begin to sing this song as a prayer in our church. Every seed buried in sorrow, you will call forth in its time. You are Lord, Lord of the harvest, calling your hope now to arise. Like a flood, like a flood, we receive your love when you come. And with great anticipation, we await the promise to come. Everything that you have spoken will come to pass. Let it be done. Amen. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. And I pray that you press into the things that God has for you and that you experience the presence and power of God in your life in new ways. The Lord bless you. Amen.